Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's. And uh, if you're in Missouri like I am here, I hope you're surviving the snowstorm we just had. It was a lot of fun, but it's a little bit of a mess out there. Today in this podcast, we're going to be talking about fasting. So we've talked about in previous episodes um, the eating, the proper eating, the things you should be eating. And then we talked about chiropractic care a few episodes back. Um, So this is really rounding out the three tiers to this program. If you need to catch up on any of the other ones, just go back a few episodes and start from there, and that'll get you caught up. Um, so today we're going to talk about fasting, and it's something that it's something that's said quite often, quite frequently, but maybe it's not as practiced as much as it as it used to in the past. So let's talk about it here. Fasting is talked about in ancient texts like the Bible all the time, um, but it's something that's it is rarely used today. Um, it utilizes time without food, and it helps to regulate the body. Um, perhaps back in those ancient times, it was used for other reasons, uh, you know, religious sacrifice, things like that. Um, but it had a bigger purpose, and that was helping the body regulate itself. Um, helps things like hormones, blood sugar, the circadian rhythms, which are our sleeping patterns, things like that. They all work on cycles. So if you think about um, a blood sugar cycle, you put food in your body and the blood sugar spikes and then it crashes back down. We'll talk about that in a second. That's a cycle. Uh, if you think about sleeping, you go into your deep REM sleep and you come back out into lighter sleep and back and forth, back and forth. And those are on cycles too. Fasting can help to regulate these sort of cycles and help you get closer to your homeostasis. Homeostasis is just the, uh, the nice evenness that you should be. You know, it's like uh, if you had a, uh, a cup of water that had a little hole in the bottom of it. Uh, it's going to slowly drain, so you got to keep putting more on top, right? So you got to try to keep that in, in its perfect amount. That's that's homeostasis. Now, fasting can be a little bit tricky, and some people they do multiple day fastings, and that can be really hard. But I'm going to show you a nice, easy way to do it, and it's going to be a much simpler way to go about fasting. So first, what I want to talk about is I keep talking about cavemen and why cavemen eat this way. And now we're related to cavemen, so we have to to think about that. Well, why in the world would a caveman have fasted? Well, the fact is, is uh, as caveman was eating throughout the day and the sun was starting to go down, he found shelter because there were, in his time, much bigger predators out there looking to hunt down food. And things like a saber-toothed tiger, for instance, would easily be hunting at night looking for their, you know, easy meal that they can have because they were nocturnal. And that's just one theory there. The other one's just that we can't see all that well at nighttime, so how could we gather food at nighttime? So once it became nighttime, it was done for the caveman. He went back to his shelter and he stayed there for the night until the next day. And so let's talk about these blood sugar cycles. Most people, they'll be waking up in the morning, probably getting ready for work somewhere around. Maybe they've got to be at work at 8 o'clock, so they're eating breakfast at 7 o'clock. And, of course, they're not eating anything good. They're eating things like sugary cereals and donuts and whatever it might be, bagels, just to get them going in the morning. Uh, Sugary coffees, that's a big one. And so right away, they're going to take their blood sugar, which is at an all-time low for them because that's their fast. They're going to break their fast. 
And so they have all-time low blood sugar level, and all of a sudden, they're going to ramp it up really fast. So it's going to be like 0 to 60 in you know 60 seconds, whatever it is. Whatever makes a fast car, it's what's happening for your body right there. But since none of this food has much substance, not much fiber, not much really nutrition at all, that crashes back down right away. So you're at work, maybe in your first hour of work, and you're already getting hungry again, and you're kind of getting crabby too. So your body went up really fast, and I've got good graphics for this, so if you need a visual, let me know. I can get you a visual. Um, you ramp up the blood sugar really high, and then it crashes right back down within just a few hours. And you maybe have, if you ate, you know, breakfast at seven o'clock, you've got a few hours before lunch. Maybe you're even, maybe your lunch doesn't start until twelve thirty, one o'clock, something like that. You've got a long time, and your body will go from this really high amount of blood in the sugar, sorry, sugar in the blood, and it's going to crash down, and it'll go back into a fasting state, which really confuses the body because it thinks it should be back asleep or at least doing something not strenuous. And most of us have a little bit of stress when we're at work. And so if we feel really crabby at work a lot, this could be why. And so let's say you made it through and you get to lunch. And all of a sudden, you know, if you're like most people, you don't have time to go sit down somewhere and eat a nice meal. You've got 30 minutes, you've got an hour to get lunch, get back and get back to work. So you run to the nearest drive-through and you get some burger or some fries that just have, again, no nutritional value. So again, we're not really talking about which foods eat right now. We're just talking about the fasting part. And with this, this junk food, it affects this a lot. So more junk food goes into you at lunch and it spikes your blood sugar again. And you're satisfied for a good hour, maybe two hours. But all of a sudden you start to get hungry again because your blood sugars have come crashing back down. The same thing repeats until you get to dinner, and then you spike it one more time, hopefully the last time, and it goes back down, and then you can go to sleep for the night. So the normal people, most average people, have three blood sugar spikes throughout their day, their breakfast, their lunch, and their dinner. Um, what I want to show you is a better way to do that. And I will point out, some people are night owls. And so dinner is not the last time they're going to eat. They're going to eat again maybe at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, really late. That will cause a fourth blood spike. And again, that's just even harder on the body. Things like this is where diabetes really starts to run rampant. This is relentless for your body and it can't recover from it, causing things like diabetes. What I would rather, much rather have instead is a nice smooth curve. You're going to break your fast in the morning with something that's hearty and whole. And hopefully you're breaking your fast a little bit later because we've been fasting. And we haven't talked about the hours yet, but we're going to talk about that really soon. So fasting means you're starting just a little bit later on your eating. And then you should be eating all day long. If you are hungry at all during your feasting time, you need to be eating something. Having nuts and seeds as a snack or something like that is great. Having um, carrots, celery, whatever it is that you like as a nice, healthy snack. Following the eating guidelines, of course, you want to be eating the right foods. Uh, eating all day long, though. Eating all day long. Until that point comes, maybe it's, uh, again, we're talking about the timing here in a second, but maybe it's 7 o'clock, maybe it's 8 o'clock where you need to start your fast. 
that is is when you'll stop eating and you won't have anything but water after that. So that is really what this is all about. It's a nice smooth curve. Instead of these jagged edges, you want that nice curve all day long. You shouldn't have your body guessing what time it is. So let's talk about that timing. <clears throat> we want to get to the point where we have 16 hours between, and I say 16, really it's between 14 and 16 is your, your goal. 16 hours between eating our last food of the day that you're on and eating the next food that you're going to have the next day. Some people might call those dinner and breakfast, but some people might call that, uh, you know, dinner and lunch because it's closer to that, whatever it might be. And some people really need to ease into this. So diabetics especially, you might start to feel dizziness, uh, nausea even, um, symptoms that you're low on blood sugar. And although this can definitely help someone with diabetes, it is something to start really slow in. So start with eight hours if you've never done that before. Then go to 10 hours and you know slowly work your way up in hours. So an example here, if you are going to stop eating at 8 o'clock, and then you have nothing but water until you break your fast, fast the next day. Um, you know, and that that might come after noon for some people. And in this this instance right here, to get 16 hours, you'll eat again at noon the next day. So if you're going to start with 14 hours, you could eat at 8 o'clock and then eat again at uh, 10 o'clock, which isn't too bad. You guys, and everyone out there can do that. Just stop eating at 8 o'clock. And then you can eat again at 10 o'clock the next day. And that's a really good way to start. And as you get better at it, as you get better at fasting, you can make your times go longer and longer. Something that people don't always realize is, well, I have no problem fasting at all. Because when I am fasting, I'm never hungry. It's Your body doesn't really crave food because you're still in your fast period. And that might change for everybody. I've had people tell me they're starving all the time. Especially when I was younger and before I went to, you know, classes like through college, I would eat like a granola bar on my way out the door thinking I was being healthy, eating breakfast. But I was just doing what everyone else was doing. And that was even that that blood sugar spike. So my body woke up. It's ready. It's metabolizing. It wants me to be eating all day. It's ready for for feasting. And I only gave it a little granola bar. And so all of a sudden, it's mad now. So it, it, it gets angry. It gives us headaches. It gives us, you know, uh, migraines for some people. Uh, just fidgetiness where you just can't focus for some people. For kids especially, um, it's sometimes called ADD, you know? You give them sugar cereal like Fruit Loops for breakfast, and by one hour in school, they're complete. and not to mention that Fruit Loops probably had dairy milk on it. Um, you know, then one hour into school, they, they're crashing because they have no substance in their body and they're crabby. They're giving their teacher teachers a bunch of problems and things like that. So some, that little fix there of, I wouldn't fast a kid for say, cause they're still growing. Um, there's a whole separate rule for kids and I'll give that to you here in a few podcasts probably. Um, but I wouldn't fast a kid, but I would definitely get them a good quality breakfast, something with a lot of fiber in it, and then if it's okay with everyone at their school and everything, have them have snacks with them so that they're not starving, you know, for their first four hours of the day and uh, making it to lunch. 
So anyways, that is the timing there. And when you do any sort of fasting like this, the one of the big things you're doing is preventing late night snacking, which is extremely hard on our bodies. It's hard on our waistlines too. So if you are the night owl and you're up late, fasting can be a little bit tricky because a lot of people like to be snacking as they're up late at night. Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you when to go to bed, but I will tell you when to stop eating. You just want to make sure you're not eating past your fasting time. Otherwise, you might as well not fast because you're not going to do yourself any good. Um, and we're going to talk more about damage control here in a second. So once you break your fast, it's time to feast. So what does that mean? So during the day, we need to be sure that we prevent our bodies from going back into starvation mode um, and beginning that fast again, right? So if you're feasting and you're hungry, you have to be eating. You need to get that daily daily calorie recommendation, and we don't talk about calories much, but imagine that energy you need, um, the vitamins you need, all the minerals you need, everything you need, and we need to eat anytime we are hungry during our feasting time. And that's gonna be really hard to do, to get all those calories when you're eating the right foods. And of course, the right foods being the plant foods, you know, look at the last podcast if, or listen to the last podcast if you don't know uh, what we're talking about right now. Uh, but you've got to be eating as much as you can through your feasting time. That's almost as important as the fasting part is the feasting part. Because you have to, with this sort of plan, you're giving your body a whole set of nutrition that it's never had before. So you have to be filling it with all the fruits and vegetables you can get in it during that feasting period because it's a much shorter window than what most people are used to and you need to just make sure it's getting as much as it can in that time so eating right and fasting that is two of the big things chiropractic care is the other thing that really kind of rounds off this whole plan here so just with that you can really do your body a load of good uh, be sure to, to look back at those other podcasts if you do have any questions on the eating right uh, and how chiropractic care might help you with any sort of nutrition or weight loss goals you might have. So let's talk a little bit about damage control before we wrap this up. Now, what is damage control? Damage control is like the holidays. We just went through the holidays. Say you're going to somebody's house and you know it's their birthday and there's going to be birthday cake and you want to partake in the birthday cake because it's a tradition and it's what you know everybody does. So what do you do when you know you're about to eat really bad? So the biggest thing you can do is make sure whatever meal is right before that event that's going to happen that you are overloading your body with fiber. And the best way to do that, of course, is fruits and vegetables. Uh, especially your deep leafy green vegetables, things like that, make sure that you are loading up on fiber because as the fiber goes through your body, it acts as a natural barrier for sugar to get to your liver, right? So a sugary cake goes into your body, the liver freaks out, and it causes, to, it causes that sugar to be transported into fat, basically. So you can stop that process by having a lot of fiber. And when I say fiber, I'm never talking about um, that fiber you stir in your glass, that is never what I'm talking about. I'm talking about plant fiber, uh, what we call insoluble fiber. Uh, soluble fiber is important too, but you're going to get plenty of it if you're eating all the, the nuts and seeds and the legumes like beans. Um, and we're talking about the insoluble fiber, the natural barrier between the sugar and your liver. 
So get lots of that. That is the best way to combat those, those really bad situations. But let's talk about, say you go somewhere, or say even you're cooking at home and somebody in your house is really craving something like, let's say fried chicken or something like that. Let's say fried chicken, somebody who has really wanted that, um, so you brought home from either a store or whatever, made it yourself, whatever happened, you have fried chicken in your house now. So instead of just eating the fried chicken or eating fried chicken and french fries or something worse, put that bad thing you're having with some good stuff. So instead of just eating a, a whole pile of chicken wings, let's say, how about cutting up those chicken wings a little bit and putting them on top of a salad and on that salad having a bunch of other vegetables which are really good for you. You want to outweigh the bad with good fiber and good nutrition so that it evens out a little bit. And of course, you're using a meat meal with that. And if you don't know what that is, look at the past podcast. That's what that's all about, um, reducing that meat consumption. But it's important that you try as best you can to really just focus on that that good nutrition instead of just saying like, well, I'll just cheat really bad this time. Then I'll get right back on the horse. It's fine. You know, everybody does that from time to time. But if you can just damage control, you can get away with that. You can get away with a lot if you damage control really well. So really just work on getting good nutrition in with those bad foods. Um, even though it's probably never, I'm never going to say it's a health food. But say you're eating pizza, at least order some vegetables on your pizza. That's enough said. All right, guys, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, I really am encouraged by how many people are listening to this podcast. And I'm sorry this I took a few weeks off here for the holidays and we've had this crazy snowstorm, things like that. Um, but I am looking to make a few more podcasts. Uh, this will wrap up our nutrition uh, trifecta, whatever you want to call it, the, the three um, podcast series on this nutrition. But there is much more to come on nutrition. Um how I do it, I'm not quite sure yet, but it's we're going to talk a lot about nutrition. That's mainly what this podcast will be about. I do think my next podcast is going to be on essential oils, so you can look forward to that. Um, just talking about some uses and things like that. Um, I think that'll be that'll be fun for everyone. But yes, thank you everybody for watch, uh, listening. I keep saying watching; it's weird to to watch a podcast. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, look forward to hearing you in the next one. You hearing me in the next one. Take it easy, guys.